guys have been practicing what we talked about last Sunday, which is um, acknowledging and being thankful for, for things, number one, that the previous generation passed on to us. You know, like, oh, what things have I taken for granted? Well, you know, uh, my parents fought for this, and because of that, you know, uh, we don't have to struggle with poverty. Or my parents fought for this, and because of that, you know, you know, they, they kept a, a strong marriage, so that, therefore I don't have a, a divorce thing to deal with. Uh, my parents kept this, you know. And, and even in our country, right? In, in our country and wherever country you're from, like there's things that were fought for that you didn't pay for. And that's why we're thankful because they came, for gra- they came by grace, right? They came through grace. And grace is something that is given to us that we didn't pay for, we can't buy, we can't earn, and it was just given to us. So it's, it's our um, privilege to acknowledge and give credit where that credit is due, right, and put that value there. So uh, we said, how do we know if we're entitled? Well, wh- one of the things about entitlement, and this is just a quick review, one of the things about entitlement is when you think you deserve something you didn't pay for or you didn't buy, Right? So, you know, the biggest example is our salvation, you know, like if you just take it lightly and you feel like, oh, well, it's not that big a deal anymore. Well, you didn't, you didn't pay for that and you think you deserve it. You know, that's why we should never lose the wonder of our salvation. We should never lose the wonder of his grace and his mercy over our lives. And so never take our salvation lightly. And then the same way, you know, when, when you, when you feel like you deserve something, but you didn't pay for it, you go, okay, hold on. Maybe I'm acting a little entitled to this. I didn't pay for this. This is just given to me, you know? I'm, you know, I'm thankful for the paved roads. And the thing is, many of you have never been in, in a city where there's no paved roads. You were just born with it, right? But it's t- until you go to a mission trip or a third world country or somewhere and you realize, man, why is it taking us three hours to go, you know, three miles uh, on, on this ho- horrible unpaved rocky road and then you go oh man I appreciate paved roads right like thankfulness is about intentionality it's about uh, realizing man somebody spent a lot of money and a lot of hours in paving this road and in the same way you know our spiritual roads have been paved for us in so many ways just by the very fact that we're able to be here worshiping the Lord and hearing the word of truth right like that's that's something some people have paid for and so um, the other way we said you find out if you're entitled um, because you don't know it until you know it, right, is um, when you're offended in the absence of something that was favor. When you're offended in the absence of, of something that was favor, that was granted to you, that was just, and all of a sudden you feel offended. Whether it's access to someone or a relationship with someone or uh, you know, or yes, something given. And I told you guys my story about being upgraded to first class three times in a row. And then, you know, you'll have to go back and listen to last week. But um, some people thought, oh, never mind. Anyways, I, I, I was offended on the fourth time when I wasn't upgraded. And, uh, and the Holy Spirit, you know, did a sozo on me on the whole ride back on the airplane. <laughs> Realized, like, oh, that's how quickly and easily entitlement sneaks in, you know? <laughs> Something that was given to me by grace, by courtesy, by no other reason. I didn't earn it, didn't pay for it, didn't cost me anything. And in the absence of it, I found myself offended. And the Holy Spirit's like, hmm, 
Interesting how entitlement sneaks in, you know. I was like, yeah, so true. And so I'm grateful for the three times. <laughs> Hopefully more of those will come, but just grateful, you know. And so today we're going to talk about why, why to be thankful, why it's important to be intentionally thankful, okay? And so there's, there's four things I, I'm going to give you. The first one, we start in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. So if you have your Bible, um, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18. And the first reason is because it's God's will. Now, some people, they, that's all they need to know. Like, oh, it's God's will, God's command. Yes, sir, I'll be thankful now. You know. So if, if that's you, well, it says, be happy. I'm reading the Amplified right now because it's, you know, I, I like how it says. It says, be happy in your faith and rejoice and be glad Glad-hearted continually, always. Be unceasing in prayer, praying perseveringly. And it says, thank God in everything. Thank God in everything, no matter what the circumstances may be. Be thankful and give thanks, for this is the will of God for you who are in Christ Jesus, the revealer and mediator of that will. And I love that it says, be thankful to God in everything, no matter what the circumstances may be. No matter what the circumstances may be. And so it's, it's about an attitude. It's not supposed to be a circumstantial event. It's supposed to be a state of life, a state of being, that you live in thankfulness, that you're always grateful, that you're, always, that you're a great scanner for gratitude. That you're scanning for gratitude. And sometimes it might take a little longer to find something in that scan to be grateful. See, and this is the part, sometimes people get, get a little twisted, you know. Sometimes people read this stuff, and we're going to read a couple more that, that, um, that I'm going to refer back to this. But sometimes people think they're supposed to be grateful for curses or for sickness or for poverty. People they go, oh, it says be thankful. It says in everything, not for everything. And, and, and why I make that point, I'm not trying to be like, you know, be mincing words or anything. But, but, the, but the thing is, it says be grateful in every circumstance, in every situation. No matter where you're at, you can be grateful for something. So in other words, I can be in a really bad, having a really bad day or being in a really bad situation. And the Lord is saying... It is my will for you to learn to scan for the good and the things that you can still be grateful for, regardless of the situation that you're in. He's not, don't be silly. He's not telling you to be thankful for the, for the flu that you got. That's just dumb. Like, how come people, be thankful you got the flu. It means you're breathing. No, no, no. Come on. It's saying, yes, okay, you're in a tough place. You're going through something hard, but it is my will that you become a great scanner for gratitude. What can you still be grateful for? Do you see what I'm saying? Do you, do you understand what I mean? Like, he's not saying, oh, be grateful for that horrible bill that just came in. You know, be grateful that your thing is, you know, $600, you know, for the bill this month. No, he's not saying that, you know. 
He's saying, hey, no matter where you're at, there's still things to be grateful for. And when you intentionally scan for those things and become great at scanning for gratitude in people, in relationships, in things, in what you do have, not what you don't have, in what has happened, not what hasn't happened, when that happens, when you are grateful, says you put yourself in my will. And see, the next thing, it's in Psalm 100, uh, verse 4 and 5. And I believe it's directly linked to this. Because no, number one, is God's will. But number two, thankfulness leads us into God's presence. You know that um, I say that murmuring and complaining is the language of slavery, right? Murmuring and complaining and whining and bickering, it's the language of slaves. It's the language of orphans. It's the language of, of the poverty, right? And when we're in gratefulness, we're switching language to the language of children of God. And it says in Psalms 100, uh, 100 verse 4 and 5, it says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and a thank offering and into his courts with praise. Be thankful and say to him, bless and affectionately praise his name for the Lord is good. His mercy and loving kindness are everlasting. His faithfulness and truth endure to all generations. Thankfulness is the key into the presence of God. How do you enter into his gates? Not by walking through the door of the sanctuary, but by the position of gratefulness in your heart. You can be in the same place where God is moving and not feel God's presence and the person next to you is completely, you know, just covered in the presence of God. Why? Because it's not the physical entrance to a building. It's my heart of gratitude that allows me to walk into his presence and it's a different realm. It's another dimension. It's the presence, it's the spiritual heavenly place of the kingdom of God on earth. And I'm stepping into that when I am in gratefulness. And so that's why God is saying, you know, in, in the previous scripture that we read, it says, you know, don't, it said, no matter what circumstance you're in, you know, be grateful. Why? Because when you remain grateful, you, you keep yourself in the presence of God. And what can happen in the presence of God is, is everything. There's nothing impossible, Right? But what happens when you're, you know, in the perfect storm and in the perfect storm, you know, you're having a bad day and a bad situation. So therefore you're not grateful and it just, you're not trying to not be grateful. You're just going by what you're seeing. You're going by, oh, well, you know, this sucks. So blah, blah, blah. And you start what? Murmuring and complaining, right? Bickering. You automatically put yourself and keep yourself outside of God's presence. And God is, that's what he's saying. He's like, listen. There's always something to be grateful for. And when you put yourself in, back in gratitude, you're in my presence. And in my presence, there's hope for everything. There's a solution for everything. You with me? <clears throat> Number three, let's go to Philippians chapter four, verse six and seven. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7 says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And I love when the Bible uses these absolutes, you know, big words that encompass everything or anything or nothing, you know, or always. Because it makes it so simple to understand. It says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. <laughs> 
It's like, great, there's, there's two buckets. In the bucket about worry, there shouldn't be anything in. In the, wor- in the bucket of prayer, everything should be in there. And so I'm not going to worry about anything. Instead, I'm going to pray about everything. It says, tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. See, when we thank him for all he has done, it puts us in his presence, number one. Number two, it builds up our faith. Because when you start recounting everything that he has done, it builds your faith up to remember who he is. You know who forgot what he had done really quickly? The children of Israel. When they walk out of Egypt, they see the 10 plagues. They see how the protection of the Lord is over their life. You know, they walk on dry ground when the Red Sea is parted. They, they walk through. They see their enemies being drowned. And on the other side of it, they go back to murmuring and complaining. Why? Because they so quickly forgot all that God had done. You know, they were in the desert. They were probably tired. They probably, you know, they're like, oh, manna again, you know. And, and so easily they started complaining again. They started, eh, uh, uh, I can't believe, oh, man, man, Moses and this and that. And, and, and that just spread. And all of a sudden they're no longer in gratitude. They're complaining. And they're not thanking him for everything. But see, it is in gratitude that his peace guards our heart and that his peace guards our mind. And the children of Israel forgot about that. And so we need to recount the things that we're thankful for. You know, I know it's cheesy and our kids sometimes roll their eyes, you know, but but we still do it, you know, we get, maybe they don't roll their eyes, I don't know. But, you know, we, we try to do this, you know, a few times a year at least when we're the whole family are together. We certainly did it in the car ride on Thanksgiving. Um, and, uh, and we said, all right, you know, just what are you grateful for? And we just go around and everybody has to say something different. They can't repeat it and it cannot be generic either. It can't be like, I'm thankful for life. no. no. Like, why? Because we, it, it's something we have to exercise. For some reason, human beings are, for very deep reasons that we won't get into, they have a negative bias. And, um, and it's like easier to go negative than it is to go positive. It has to do with the sin in the world, has to do with their environment, has to do with influence, has to do with so, so many things, right? But the point is, the Bible knew that, and it told us, you know, fix your thoughts on these things, and be grateful always, and don't worry about anything, because he knew that the natural tendency would be for humans to go negative, to forget what God had done, and to just focus on, you know, what he hasn't done and what hasn't happened yet and what we don't have yet. And he's like, you guys don't understand. The key to increase is to be good steward. And the first step of good stewardship is to be grateful for what's in front of you. I believe gratitude is what helps cultivate the seeds that God wants to increase in our life. 
May I never lose the wonder of my salvation. May I never lose the wonder of his mercy. So don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done in the past. See, when you thank him for everything done in the past, it sets you up for the things that are still to come. It puts you in the right place. Let's go to um, Acts chapter 16. Are you getting something out of this today? All right. And peace, right? In that last part, uh, it says, and peace will guard your hearts. You know, so many people, they lose their peace so quickly over what hasn't happened and what they don't have. The Bible says, can you even add an inch to your stature by worrying? You can't. Worrying will do nothing except keep you out of peace. And then when you're not in peace, then your body is not healing. Your body is not restoring your immune system it starts shutting down you know the peace of God affects our bodies in a good way when you're in peace you know your body starts healing your body's in a, in a better place you know people that are worried about stuff all the time they they're more prone to get sick they have more health issues and, and things like it because they're worried all the time God's like hey listen There's nothing to worry about. Just pray. Just pray. And trust me and thank me. You know, and thanking God is also an action of faith. You know, we say, uh, it says in in James that faith without works is dead, right? Means like, if we don't put an action to our faith, it's dead. It's not going to produce anything. Well, one of the most simple and, and quick ways to start putting action to our faith is gratitude. It's thanking the Lord for the things that he promised that we haven't yet seen in our lives. So we thank him for what he's done, but then we also thank him, you know, like, thank you, Lord. You know, it's your promise, you know, that, uh, th- that my children will come back to the Lord. It's your promise that you will prosper financially. It's your promise that you answer my prayers. It's your promise, Lord, that, uh, that he- healing is mine. And so what do you do? You thank the Lord for what he's done, and then you thank him for his promises, and you thank him for the things that you prayed for that haven't happened yet. And sometimes people are going, well, how am I going to thank God if it hasn't happened yet? But that's why God is telling us to pray and thank him even before we see them. Because when we thank him, it, it means like, I trust you that you got this. Right? It's, it's, it's my vote of confidence in saying, Lord, I trust you. You said to pray and thank you. So I prayed. And even though I haven't seen it, I thank you because you're working. I thank you because you heard me. And I thank you because your word is true. And that thankfulness act is an action of faith. Yeah? Hmm. All right. And let's go to uh, Acts chapter 16. I'm going to read there. And we're going to start in verse 23. Faith, um, I mean, uh, uh, gratitude is the key to the supernatural. Okay. And 16, and here's another situation where it was not a good situation. Verse 23, it says, They were severely beaten with wooden rods. Okay, this is Paul and Silas. Uh, they, they were thrown in, in prison. Okay, and it says, They were severely beaten and they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Now, why were they, you know, in prison? Because they were preaching the good news. They were preaching the gospel, and, um, and they were being persecuted. 
This is verse 25. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Now, that's crazy. Why were they singing? Like, be honest, you would not be singing. You'd be crying and whining and complaining and, you know, blaming everybody else. And, like, why were they singing? Like, this is, this is crazy. They were beaten up. Like, they were bruised, and they probably had open wounds, and they were in this dirty, probably very smelly dungeon. They had shackles on their feet, on their hands. Like, it was bad. I mean, I don't want to ask because sometimes uh, it'd be an awkward surprise, but... None of you have ever been in a situation like this, have you? No? <laughs> you know, my dad tells a story that one time he was preaching, and, uh, and he said, you know, like, he was talking about Paul, I think, when he, you know, he had killed some Christians and stuff. He's like, none of you have ever killed anybody. Have any of you ever killed someone? And some guy in the back goes. <laughs> and let me tell you, you know, right after that, my mom could tell you a story. There was an intense deliverance. <laughs> so, you know, the bigger the church gets, the odds, you know, of stuff like that is, is bigger. So, well, it's just, <laughs> it's a rhetorical question. <laughs> so, bad situation, right? Very bad situation. And, uh, and they're singing. I believe they were great scanners of gratitude. I don't think they were singing because they were in pain or because they had gotten beaten. I think they were singing and they were thanking the Lord because they were probably thinking, man, we're still alive. There's some people in here. I'm sure we could tell them about the Lord. God is so good. You know, like they were thinking on the things that God had done. They were probably telling each other testimonies of the things that had happened before they got thrown into jail. They were recounting the things that the Lord had done. They, they probably had prayed and asked the Lord, and now it was time to do what? To start thanking him, right? And it says, uh, let's continue on, verse 25. It says, they were praying, singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. And they, can you imagine? They're probably thinking, you guys are, these guys are crazy. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaking to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open. <laughs> I mean, straight out of a horror movie. If you ask me, like, if you're in there and all of a sudden, like, this stuff happens, like, you'd be freaked out, right? It says doors flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. Like, I believe that gratitude in the midst of hard situations really, really open up heaven, really invite the supernatural. You know, I, I'm not saying that, that it doesn't when things are easy, but how, how easy it is to be grateful when everything is going perfect, right? And so when things aren't going perfect, I want to suggest to you that those are great opportunities to have a Paul and Silas moment. And to praise the Lord extravagantly and to thank him for all he has done. Because it truly opens up the heavens and invites the supernatural. Why? Because it takes great faith to be grateful when you're beaten and shackled and there's no good lawyer around. Like, 
was going to happen. It's not like they're like, hey, call a lawyer, you know, you know, get Harvey and Mike over here real quick. You know, they'll like there was none, none of that. Like they didn't know what was going to happen. They didn't know what was going to happen. And I believe it was that bad that it had to have this kind of intervention, divine intervention. Your gratitude, your heart of gratitude invites the presence of God in such a strong way that it opens up the supernatural. Like think about the, the worst situation you last had, just for a moment, and just do a recount. What was your attitude like? What, were your, what was your speech like? What was, you know, and maybe you go, oh, shucks, you know, <laughs> failed, totally complained and whined the whole time. Or maybe you're like, ah, I did pretty good, you know. In those situations, I believe we have an opportunity to see the supernatural. I believe we have an opportunity to see our faith grow and invite the presence of God. That's why we know to praise in the midst of painful situations. It's never because we say, oh, look at me, you know. God took away from me and I'm still going to praise him because I'm so righteous. No. No, never. Never that. It's because I'm a good scanner of gratitude. It's because I'm, I'm trained to see the goodness of the Lord. I'm trained to see all that he has done. Not what didn't happen. But what he, what he did do. What I did have. And I get to present my needs to him, I get to present my prayers to him, and then he says, all right, now have peace and be grateful. Can you do that? You know, some people really like to have control over situations, and it's a little bit harder to, to let go and say, okay, and thank you. <laughs> but can we do that? And I, and I, I promise you what I see here in the Word, it, it, when you learn to do that, when you learn to do that from your heart, like you will see great, powerful, supernatural things happen in your life. And I want to see this kind of power. Hmm. They refuse to have a pity party. Oh my gosh. <sighs> pity parties, I mean, some people love them, right? They even send Evites for their pity parties. <laughs> And so, you know, today I just, I want to leave this with us. Um, you know, the Bible tells us that sometimes we'll go through trials and sometimes we'll go through stuff, you know, and we'll go through the valley of the shadow of death. Um, but we're not supposed to stay there. We're not meant to be there. You know, these guys went through a bad situation, but the Lord delivered them supernaturally, supernaturally. And I think many times we get disappointed and we get stuck and we get, you know, we stay in that valley of shadow of death because we forget to, to invite the presence of the Lord. We forget to, to exercise gratefulness. We forget to, wait a minute. You know, I think uh, one of the many, many testimonies, um, one, you can come up. 
Thank you. One of the many testimonies that, uh, that I heard from people uh, about my dad, what he said to them, uh, I can't remember who it was, but he said they were really down about their, the situation they were going through. And my dad, yeah, oh yeah, I remember now. Okay, I won't say who it is. But um, he said he was struggling with certain things in his life. And my dad's like, you know, you're only struggling because you don't think God can change it. Like, it's so simple. Like, the only reason you're finding yourself hopeless is because you're having an imagination that doesn't include God in it. And so, so often we just, like, leave God out of the equation. We find ourselves in a dungeon, beaten, and, you know, in, in a certain way, right, in our lives, and we're having this pity party in there, and it looks hopeless, and we forget that God exists. We forget that his word is true, that he has promises, that he's given us even a portion of his own faith that we can believe for these things. And then he's told us exactly what to do. And that we're the ones having a hard time because we're having a hard time letting go of control. And we want to see before we think. And we want to see before we feel good. And God's like, well, sorry, I can't do that because then, duh, there'd be no point to faith. And faith is about, you know, what you can't see and what you can't hear and what you can't taste yet. And having a different heart attitude of praise and thankfulness and peace and inviting that peace of God into your heart before you ever see the manifested result. But sometimes we're in such a it's a good thing, you know, that we have so many things at our fingertips that can solve issues and problems and we just make a call or we just hire this or we just, you know, buy that and it solves so many things that we have gotten used to doing things without God. And so when a mildly bad situation shows up, we freak out, we forget. We haven't exercised our faith. We haven't exercised joy and thankfulness and, and, and the supernatural ways of God to get out of situations because we're kind of too used to, you know, the, the things that we can do on our own. And again, nothing wrong with doing that, you know. I'm, <laughs> I'm not saying you shouldn't use those things, but when things appear hard and and difficult and impossible and hopeless, you know, that's the very, very opportunity that you can have to, to say, all right, I'm going to pray and I'm going to thank him. I'm going to become a great scanner of everything good in my life, of every blessing, everything God has done. I'm going to let that build my faith back up. And I'm going to invite the supernatural realm of heaven to come and invade and break those shackles off my life. You know, how powerful. I want to have those kinds of experiences. I'm not saying I want to be in bad situations, but I want to be that good at gratitude that when something bad happens, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a showdown. Doors are going to be flying open and prisoners and people are going to be set free just by watching what God's doing in my life. Amen.